Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll get details on the latest USDA production report. Also, Senator Diane Griffin will join us to talk about food security. And up first in today's country comment, we'll get an update on the hog markets. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Tyson Foods announced this week that it was stopping processing at an Iowa pork plant due to a number of employees testing positive for COVID-19. That particular plant processes over 10,000 hogs per day. Market analyst Tyler Fulton says this will have a major impact on the broader industry. Yeah, that's a very troubling development, uh, I think, from from the pork market's perspective. Um, The hog market is in a situation where we're we're dealing with an extremely large supply of hogs in North America. We've seen growth uh, fairly consistently over the last uh, couple of years, and year-over-year growth this year so far is about 5%. And so when a pork plant goes down, um, such as the one in Iowa, I think it's called Columbus Junction, it's a Tyson plant, um, due to the labor force actually um, being exposed to and and infected by COVID-19, it has some pretty significant impacts on on the broader industry. That plant um, slaughters about 10,000 hogs per day, um, which represents about 2% of the U.S. slaughter capacity. Now, that doesn't seem like much, but those are the margins that we, you know, that we're dealing with, um, in in terms of slack capacity uh, in the U in the U.S. Now we're not at you know we're not at our seasonal peak, and so that's probably saving us a little bit. Um, but it's very concerning when a plant goes down because what what happens is those all of those hogs that would normally go into that plant have to be routed elsewhere, and it causes. Um, logistical uh, nightmares uh, in several of the, you know, different areas. Um, not to mention, um, you know, the possibility of some animal health concerns um, by animals getting kind of backed up on farms. And because the whole value chain is such a just-in-time industry, um, it, it really does um, cause, you know, negative effects all the way down and all the way forward on that value chain, right from, right from farm to, um, to the retailer. So while one plant is probably manageable, if we start seeing, you know, two or three, um, then it starts to get very difficult to, to deal with. Now, has there been any other plants in, in Canada or the U.S. that are, that are being impacted by COVID? So there is uh, a Montreal, um, a Quebec uh, oil mill plant um, that was uh, that had labor force infected, and and so they've shut down. I think they're they're uh, working through it, and it's it's causing direct impact on um, you know on particular on hogs uh, grown in Ontario that would normally be delivered into that plant. So there's a, uh, apparently about 20,000 hogs that would normally be going east from Ontario into Quebec that uh, quite simply uh, aren't 
aren't going that direction. I think they're trying to reroute and find other homes. Finally here, just give us a bit of a sort of a general overview on, on prices of what we've been seeing here lately. It really depends on the day that, you know, that you're looking at things. But generally speaking, over the last 10 days, uh, maybe two weeks now, um, hog futures and forward contracts have dropped a, about a third of their value. Um, and uh, cash markets have dropped in the last week or so, have dropped more than 10% of their value. That was market analyst Tyler Fulton giving us an update on the hog markets. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. The Prime Minister has announced changes to the Canada Summer Jobs Program as a result of COVID-19. These changes will help businesses with less than 50 employees that deliver essential services to hire and keep workers. This includes the entire food supply chain. The changes mean that businesses will have 100% of their employees' salaries covered as part of the program, which is an increase of 50%. Also, the time frame has now been extended to February 28, 2021, which will incorporate both the summer and harvest period. The program offers the flexibility of admitting part-time jobs, which could apply to many agri-food businesses. The application process will commence in the coming month, and new jobs postings would be eligible to start in June. Over the past couple of weeks, hog futures and forward contracts have dropped about a third of their value. Cash markets have dropped more than 10% over the past week. Here's market analyst Tyler Fulton. Some days we see it, you know, a nice strong recovery, but, you know, to erase the losses that we've seen, we'd have to see several days, pretty much a week straight of limit up gains in futures in order to kind of get back to where we were at. It's a, a pretty tough situation to deal with. To make it clear, a very unprofitable for hog producers at this point. Tyson Foods announced this week that it was stopping processing at an Iowa pork plant due to a number of employees testing positive for COVID-19. And COVID-19 has had its impact on the grain market. Brennan Turner, president of FarmLead, says the market increased when we saw a very quick spike in demand for major food staples like flour bread, but is now settling back. He says on the hard red spring wheat market, we've seen a pullback under $7 a bushel, but notes there's also a record amount of wheat in the world, and we expect to see acres increase in Western Canada. Globally, pretty much everyone is expecting a, a record crop of wheat this year. So, you know, the point is that as we start to see some of the weather premiums built in the market, you might see a little bit of an inch up in prices, and, and these should not be ignored. So, you know, kind of as we get close to those $7 handos uh, for, for hard red spring wheat, I think we should be taking, taking advantage of those. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Thursday, April 9th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, Senator Diane Griffin will join us to talk about food security. And up first, Glenda Lee Allen Vossler talks with the president of Farm Lead, Brennan Turner. Today, Glenda Lee Allen Vossler talks with market analyst and president of Farm Lead, Brennan Turner, about the wheat and Durham market. This is an unprecedented situation that we're in just as a, you know, a society and you know, globalized economy. Um, and, and the reality is that you saw a very quick spike in demand for, for major food staples, so flour, breads, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so the market kind of reacted to that, but now it's starting to, to 
kind of recognize that prices have increased a little bit. There's been some farmer selling. There's been some profit taking. And so accordingly, um, the, the prices in, in wheat markets that we've seen kind of run up over the last three weeks or so have started to fade a little bit as, as kind of we'll, we'll say the air clears amidst all the, the panic-demic buying. And, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, this is, I think, still a, a generally good place to be from, from a wheat prices standpoint. I mean, we're, we're pretty close to the level that we saw um, at the highs in kind of January from a cash market standpoint. Uh, but the one that still continues to surprise me and its upside uh, strength has been the, the Durham market, actually. Right now, I mean, average price is sitting over $8 a bushel across Western Canada. Even new crop prices um, are the best that they've been, basically, um, in, in the last number of years. So, um, you know, these are some signals that, that uh, we're advocating that, that um, one should be watching for in terms of either – maybe contracting some, some crop that's still left in the bin from last year or, or previous years, and also thinking about maybe getting some, some new crop coverage uh, in terms of uh, forward contracting for the, to the 2020 harvest. Can you give us a, a concept of prices? What are we talking here? Yeah, so on, on the hard red spring wheat prices front, I mean, we, we've definitely seen a pullback, and, and while, you know, in a lot of places under $7 a bushel, um, you know, just being cognizant of that, the fact we have a record amount of wheat in the world still, we're seeing wheat acres increase in Western, or hard red spring wheat, inc- wheat acres increase this year in Western Canada. Um, and globally, the, I mean, pretty much everyone is expecting a, a record crop of wheat this year. So, you know, the point is that as we start to see some of the weather premiums built in the market, you might see a little bit of an inch up in prices and, and these should not be ignored. So, you know, kind of as we get close to those $7 handos, uh, for, for hard red spring wheat, um, I think we should be taking, taking advantage of those. Um, and then as mentioned on the Durham front, current spot market prices are, are trading well above $8 a bushel in a lot of areas or close to it in, in others. And, um, you know, frankly put, we saw a couple of these opportunities, um, in January and November, but really on, at, at, a, at a whole across Western Canada, we haven't seen these levels um, basically since since August of 2017 when there were drought concerns, in not only southern Saskatchewan, but also North Dakota and Montana. So, um, you know, getting back to these levels is, I think, an important one that, that one should consider. And again, I'm not advocating to sell, you know, 100% of everything, but I think, a, uh, you know, a truckload or two um, to just uh, preserve some some cash flow and make sure that you have something on the books at these levels, which for most people are profitable. It should never be ignored. I've been talking with Brennan Turner. Brennan is president and CEO of Farm Lead. You can find his Market Insider column on the Alberta Wheat Commission website. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Bossler. Thanks, Glenda Lee. A number of Canadian senators wrote a letter to the federal government regarding temporary foreign workers and domestic labour. The letter included recommendations to support the Canadian agriculture sector. I caught up with PEI Senator Diane Griffin. I think the, um, the situation is worse than usual. I think we always have a shortfall of workers in the agricultural industry, but this year is going to be worse because of the uh, virus. 
uh, some people just will not be able to come or not be allowed to come to Canada. And when they're here, they're going to have to undergo a 14-day isolation. So that's two work weeks. So um, quite quite a major impact on the amount of uh, person hours that are going to be available to be spent uh, actually working. So. So one issue is is the temporary foreign workers and uh, how to get enough of them. Second issue, an even bigger one, though, is how do we get Canadians interested in actually working in the agricultural field, uh, literally in the field, producing food, or um, in the processing plants that uh, get food ready for uh, shipment to the consumer? So we've got um, two things here that we really seriously need to look at or we're going to have a huge shortfall. Now, in your letter, you outlined um, a number of, uh, of measures here that uh, could be taken to help uh, help uh, Canadians fill those roles. Uh, c- can you take us through some of those uh, recommendations? Sure. We basically had uh, three recommendations. Uh, one is to uh, allow, allow Canadians and permanent residents uh, who are employed in agricultural positions that are commonly filled on a seasonal basis to they can do one of three things in addition to uh, receiving their pay for their actual work that they're doing. One is to receive the Canada Emergency uh, Response Benefit or to receive employment insurance benefits without having their on-farm earnings clawed back or if a worker is eligible for either program, uh, or is not eligible, I should say, for either program, that that person would receive a grant equivalent to the Canada Emergency Response Benefit, and we'd like to see students included under that. So there's three options there. Uh, basically, at the end of the day, um, the person would get their wages for their work, and whether they're receiving EI benefits or whether they are under the the special new programs, that these would not be clawed back. So uh, we're asking for an exemption. This is serious. Uh, If we um, don't have food security in our country, (laughs) this is going to be just an unheard of situation in Canada, and it won't be pretty. That was Prince Edward Island Senator Diane Griffin. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to the farm desk at goldenwestradio.com. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Livestock Markets Association of Canada annual convention has been postponed. The Animal Nutrition Conference of Canada has been postponed as well. And the Manitoba Summer Fair, scheduled to take place in Brandon, has been cancelled. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon, the USDA released its April WASDE report this morning. I got the details from Bill Tierney with Ag Resource Company in Chicago. Well, generally speaking, uh, the numbers were um, bearish in the sense that uh, corn stocks uh, came in about uh, um, 102 million bushels above expectations. Um, they, they came in at uh, 2 billion, uh, 92 million bushels. Um, that is 200 million bushels more than um, last month. Uh, the biggest change in the balance sheet for corn. 
was USDA slashed its estimate of the amount of corn ground uh, to produce ethanol. Uh, they took it down by 375 million bushels. On the other hand, they did increase uh, the feed and residual estimate, and that was due to the uh, March stocks report that came out about a week ago that showed stocks smaller than ex- uh, larger than expected. And um, as a consequence, they they increased um, corn stocks. I mean, they increased uh, feed and residual. Um, it's our view that probably what happened this year is that USDA overestimated the corn crop and underestimated the soybean crop. Um, but there were other changes that uh, were of interest in the crop report as well. Uh, specifically, USDA lowered its estimate of the South American crops by roughly 3.5 million metric tons. And as far as um, market reaction, um, did we see uh, any major changes there? Well, it, it's it's hard to gauge what is driving the market on a day-to-day basis. Uh, the, the stock market is up. Um, there are some indications that uh, the COVID infections are are, are uh, plateauing out. Um, uh, we don't know how much of uh, that is Im- impacting the market. The other thing is apparently there is talks underway among the o- o- OPEC members as well as Russia. Uh, we think that the United States is participating in these talks in some way. Um, the, the objective of those talks is to reduce oil production um, if that's successful, we would expect that oil prices would go up and that would improve the outlook for ethanol grind. However, the biggest issue uh, with the decline in ethanol grind is the stay-at-home orders that are in place in, in a large part of the United States and people just aren't driving. So until those uh, stay-at-home orders are uh uh, rescinded, and until people get back to work, we're still going to be facing a demand issue with respect to ethanol. That was Bill Tierney with Egg Resource Company in Chicago giving us a recap of this morning's USDA April WASDE report. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The USDA released its April WASDE report this morning. Bill Tierney is with Egg Resource Company in Chicago. Generally speaking, the numbers were bearish in the sense that uh, corn stocks uh, came in about uh, um, 102 million bushels above expectations. They came in at uh, 2 billion, uh, 92 million bushels. That is 200 million bushels more than last month. Tierney says they'll be keeping a close eye on whether or not China buys soybeans from the United States. The president of Farm Lead says Durham producers should be watching what's happening in the market. Brennan Turner says current spot market prices for Durham are trading well above $8 a bushel or close to it in a lot of areas. Frankly put, we saw a couple of these opportunities in January and November, but really on, at, at, a, at a whole across Western Canada, we haven't seen these levels um, basically since, since August of 2017 when there were drought concerns not only southern Saskatchewan, but also North Dakota and Montana. He's not advocating to sell everything, but maybe a truckload or two to just preserve some cash flow at these levels, which for most people are profitable and should never be ignored. And Tyson Foods announced this week that it was stopping processing at an Iowa pork plant due to a number of employees testing positive for COVID-19. The plant processes over 10,000 hogs per day. 
Market analyst Tyler Fulton says this will have a major impact on the broader industry. We're not at our seasonal peak, and so that's probably saving us a little bit. But it's very concerning when a plant goes down because what happens is those, all of those hogs that would normally go into that plant have to be routed elsewhere. And it causes logistical nightmares uh, in several of the you know, different areas, not to mention you know, the possibility of some animal health concerns. He notes a closure like this will have a negative impact on the entire value chain. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here on Monday, starting at 12 noon.